Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a Q&A episode and I have three questions I'm going to go over. But before I do that, just want to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So first, if you could leave a rating and review and that will help other people find the podcast. Next, if you could follow me on Instagram, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore. That's where I'm most active on social media. And if you have any questions, you can reach out on there. And then lastly, I have my one-on-one online coaching service. And with that, I help you lose body fat and build muscle with my strategic dieting and training methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one to two bottlenecks that we figure out that are keeping you from seeing the results you want to see. And those are the things outside of the training and nutrition protocol. So again, that could be mindset, it could be your lifestyle, you know, things like that. So if you're interested in that, there's a link in the show notes, or you can reach out on Instagram and we can continue that conversation. So with that out of the way, let's dive into today's question. So the first question I have is how to train progressive overload style if there's joint pain, overuse injuries, et cetera. You know, so I think first it's important to go over, okay, so, you know, joint pain is going to be, you know, you're doing exercises, you know, elbows hurt, shoulders hurt, knees hurt, hips hurt, you know, things like that, right? And then overuse injuries, you know, the most common are going to be like tendonitis. If that's happening, it is going to be tough to, you know, you want to build muscle. And in order to do that, you do need to get stronger over time. You need to, you know, you, you need to utilize the concept of progressive overload. And again, that's going to be much tougher. And so if this is the issue, this is what we would want to do. We would want to limit and minimize how much it impacts your training. Okay. So I'm going to go over some things that will help you do that. But also, ideally, at some point, you won't have these issues anymore, or at least not as often, right? You know, again, there's two ways. It's going to be, hey, let's minimize that, how much it affects your training. And then let's also do things that are going to help get it to improve over time, because those are going to be two important things, okay? Let's dive into it, right? So I think the first thing is you need to double check your form and execution. Could you improve that? And I think a lot of times people are like, oh, my form's fine. I really care about technique. I'm fine. That's not the question. It's what does your form look like? If you're not actively seeking out your own advice on form or like actively checking your own form, again, I'm not saying just, oh, in your head, you're doing it perfectly, but do you either have somebody looking over it in person or do you take videos that you look over yourself? Again, if you're not doing that and you have these issues, that's the first place you need to start. You need to look at your execution. There's probably some small things that you're doing that are, you know, over time causing you to get these overuse injuries. So I think it's, I would say at the top of like the most important thing is your your execution, right? It's like, are you lifting in a way that, you know, hey, you do it one time, it's not a big deal, but then you start to do high volume of training and you do that over and over. And now it starts to wear and tear on joints or tendons that maybe need to be resting or shouldn't be taking as much load as they can. So we need to double check that, right? Could it be dropping weight? Is it just better technique? You know, again, I think if you get better technique, that in turn is going to put stress on the actual target muscle that is what you want to hit. And maybe you have to use less weight for that, right? Where it's like, you're so focused on progressive overload, you add so much weight that over time, your technique starts to break down because you're like, oh, hey, I have to get stronger to build muscle. But you're kind of mis- misapplying that concept there. You're, you're forcing that progress. There needs to be some forced progression in order to build. But at the same time, if you're just adding more weight to be like, oh, hey, I'm progressively overloading, but then you're putting more stress on your joints, tendons, again, over time, that's going to add up. So 99% of the time, that's where like, I do have a client that currently is going through some like overuse injuries like this, some tendonitis. I've gone through it myself. And 
I look at his form and I'm like, Hey man, you know, you're, you're definitely speeding through this. Uh, you know, you can slow down here. He's kind of like, well, why do I keep running into these injuries? And I'm like, well, I mean, the technique needs to improve. Right. So he's an online client. So I can't sit there and, and have him fix this right then and there. But again, we get this kind of, I get the video feedback from him. And so you know, the big thing there is your technique is huge. And if you're running into these issues, you should video everything and, and break it down and see where you can improve. Trust me, I've been there before where if I knew I had to record a set and send it to a coach, it would have been a lot different how I would have executed that lift, right? Like there's times where towards the end of a training cycle, I'm like just adding some weight. And I'm like, uh, probably added a little bit too much weight here. So again, that can be super important to to do that. So we want to we wanna double check our form first and foremost. I, I feel like a lot of people get in this trap of like, oh, my form's fine. I don't need anybody. But it's like having somebody that's qualified to do this and check your form, you know, hiring a coach or something like can be super important there. I actually just had this conversation too with my fiance. We don't, we don't work out together, but the times that we've worked out together in the past, like she does have, her form is good. Like she does focus on her technique and, you know, she gets tightness in her upper traps a lot. And she's like, I'm like, well, send me some videos of you lifting. And it's like, my form is fine, but I'm just like, look, I felt the same way. And then I look at my technique and it's like, wow, there's just these little things that are going to add up over time. So again, it can be easy to be like, oh, well, I focus on technique, so I'm good to go. So again, that is to me is the most important thing that you need to do here. Next are you sleeping enough, right? Obviously that's going to play a huge role in recovery. If you're not sleeping enough, you know, inflammation levels can increase. And then you're just, again, you're not getting that proper recovery that you need. So check that, right? This is another thing where it's like, I want to improve. I want to build more muscle, but then you don't want to focus on things outside of the gym. So make sure you're sleeping enough. Are you getting good quality sleep? Six to eight hours, probably closer to seven to eight hours per night. Are you doing that regularly? Are you feeling good when you wake up? Are you feeling refreshed? So double check that. You know, are you eating enough protein, calories, and micros too, right? So are you getting enough protein in per day? If you're low on protein, you know, that could affect your recovery and could cause some strain on your joints potentially, right? Not getting enough recovery. Calories, you know, are you always trying to restrict calories if you're always eating kind of like for fat loss? You know, I, I think that ability to recover is going to be impacted by being in this lower calorie state all the time. So if you are always trying to fat loss diet, that could be something there where you're not getting enough food or the right amounts of vitamins and minerals that we need to help with the recovery process. Okay. So then this leads to, and micros too, right? So I said, talk about micros, you know, micronutrients, you know, your vitamins and minerals, things like that. So two things, if you're, you may be eating enough calories, but your, your diet quality is not great. You're missing out on micros that are important, right? So you need, well, you want to look at that. But on the flip side, again, you just go back to the person I just talked about. You are not eating enough calories. Therefore, you're at a higher risk of not getting in enough vitamins and minerals that you need. Okay. So these things are all important from that standpoint, right? So it's like, if you're somebody that training high volume, you know, maybe your form's off a little bit, you're not sleeping great. And then on top of it, your nutrition isn't where it needs to be. You know, over time, this is going to start to add up and you could see some wear and tear there on it. Okay. So again, we want to make sure these things are in check. Next, you know, make sure you take a lighter week in the gym every four to eight-ish weeks. If you're just never doing that, you know, that could be part of your issue. You need to focus on the recovery side of things. Again, I say four to eight-ish weeks, you know, it can be a little bit longer, but if you're going, you know, months on end without taking a lighter week in the gym, okay, you probably need to do that. Next big thing here is dial back your volume on exercises that stress your joints slash tendons that bother you. So if you're just like, hammering away at, when I say hammering away, you're just doing a ton of training volume. You know, again, maybe your elbow is, is bothering you. Um, it's, it's more closer to your tricep. We also look, you're doing a ton of tricep work. You're doing a ton of pushing work. It's like, okay, we probably have to dial back the, the volume on those particular exercises, right? You can't be doing 15 plus sets per week. You know, that's probably part of your issue. You either aren't taking a deload enough to where you're recovering, but you're also are just hammering away at just doing too much volume over time as well. And then you also combine that with poor technique. Again, that's going to start to, to add up there. You know, take your, let's say you have like tendonitis in your forearm, you know, look at your pulling stuff. Are you doing too much of that? You know, again, with like 
knees, you know, a lot of times people do, they like to do a lot of cardio. Are you doing a lot of running as well? You know, again, this is high volume stuff that over time, if your technique's off a little bit, it's going to start to add up and put some wear and tear on, on your joints. So I think, I think that's a big one too, right? It's like, you're just going to have to dial back the volume on that, at least for a little bit of time, you know, maybe cycle your volume a little bit more with those muscle groups. Again, maybe you do two to three phases where you ramp up the volume, take a deload week, and then have, you know, one to two phases where you bring your volume down on those muscle groups, right? So Again, that's something that you could do there. This is going to fall more on like the, how do we work through it, but work in a rep range that you feel best in. So if there's a certain rep range that doesn't bother it as much, like work in that rep range a little bit more, right? So maybe for your triceps, it's like, you know, when I do heavy stuff in the five to 10 rep range, that's when I really start to notice it. But, you know, I do more work in the 10 to 15 rep range. I don't notice it as much. Well, there you go. Work in that 10 to 15 rep range more often. Again, there's pros and cons to each, right? It's like when you work in the five to 10 rep range, the weight could be heavy and that could be putting strain on your joints can cause these overuse injuries, but you also go in the 10 to 15, 10 to 20 rep range. And it's like the, the amount of volume is high. The amount of reps you're doing is high. So again, that could also lead to that. So that's why I say work in that rep range. It feels best for, for those muscle groups and joints, tendons, whatever it may be, you know, do exercises that don't make things worse. So again, it is preventative, but it's also, how do you work through this? You know, this part is where it's like, just don't do exercises that make it worse. If you find that certain exercises exacerbate that, well, just don't do those switch exercises. This is why with hypertrophy, it's nice and the fact that it's forgiving, right? It's like, if you do powerlifting, you have to do, you know, you have to do your bench, you have to do your squat, you have to do your deadlift. But with, you know, hypertrophy, building muscle, you're able to use different exercises so long as it's hitting the the target muscle. So if there are certain exercises that make it worse, don't do those, switch out the exercises. So, you know, I think it's important to find out the ones that are are really causing some pain. And then next, work through a pain-free range of motion, right? So we know that in the research, we thought at one point full range of motion was better than a partial range of motion for building muscle, but partial range of motion still built muscle. Now, obviously, as we've learned more, you know, there's a part of that range of motion that's even more important, which is the lengthened position, right? So it's like now there's research coming out that obviously partials can be even more beneficial than full range of motion. So long as you hit that lengthened uh, part of the lift, you know, again, we can utilize that where it's like, okay, just if, if you, if you do a lift, let's say you're doing triceps and it's like at the bottom, you're, you know, when you're, when your triceps are, are stretched and you feel fine there. And then you get to the point to where then you start to extend and that's where you feel the pain, then don't work in that, that end range of motion, right? Or even if it's like you go all the way down and once you go down, that's when you really start to feel it in your elbow, then just stop a little bit higher, right? It's like, is that the absolute best thing you could do? No, but you're still hitting the, the target muscle. Um, so again, working, finding a pain-free range of motion um, is going to be better than just not doing it at, at all, okay? So these are a few things you can do to to work through it. I think really it ultimately comes down to your technique. I think that's the most important thing. And then just managing your volume, right? The biggest mistakes I would see made here are techniques off, even if you think your technique's good, and then just, you're just doing too much volume, not taking enough time to to recover, right? And it can be tough. You know, I've been there before where, you know, I felt like, uh, you know, I wanted to to build muscle. So it was like, I got to be in the gym six, seven days a week, no days off a deload week. Why would I do that? I need to, I need to build muscle. But again, managing your recovery is super important. If you're not recovering, you're not going to be building muscle. So you're just going to be doing a ton of stuff and not seeing the results that you want to see. So hopefully that was helpful. Let me know if you have any questions on that specific topic. So I had somebody ask me, what are the top five upper body exercises? So I think there are a lot of ways we can take this. So I'm going to take it two ways. Um, I'm going to do my top five favorite to do right now, not necessarily like what I think are the top five. And then I'm also going to do, if I can only pick five upper upper body exercises to grow my upper body, I'm going to do that as well too. Okay. So let's start with what are my current five upper body. So wrist tight cable lateral raise. Why I like this is it places tension on the delts in that lengthened position, right? Which we know the lengthened position is, is beneficial for building muscle. The downside with like regular dumbbell lateral raises is again, that, that, that lengthened position 
is going to be when you're at the bottom, but that's where there's the least tension on it in the dumbbells, right? So again, this is where using cables can can help place that tension in the in the right like range of motion there. So that's why I like those. I've seen just fantastic growth in my delts by by focusing on that. And I'm somebody that was doing a ton of like side delt work. Something to think about there. Face weight cable curls. Same literally the same concept here where at the bottom of like a dumbbell incline curl, it's like, yeah, the, your biceps are in that lengthened position, but there's not as much tension in that bottom position, right? So it's like it's beneficial, but it can be a little bit better, but when you get to the cables, you're in that lengthened position, but there's also tension in that lengthened position. So uh, this is why, and, and I just enjoy them, right? So I like those face away cable curls. Chest support T-bar row. I like training my back. I also just love a chest support for rows. I think that the more I've learned, I think that that's super important. It just takes a lot of wear and tear off of like putting stress on like your your spine and, and things like that. I also really like cross cable tricep pushdowns. Those are my favorite right now. I just really just, those just feel great. They really hit my triceps and I just really enjoy them. And then cross cable overhead tricep extension. I didn't like these at first, but I'm starting to really like them where you're you're coming overhead like this. And again, you're just getting that great stretch in those triceps. So those are probably my top five right now that I'm doing, right? Now let's take this another way and talk about if I can only pick five exercises for somebody to do for their upper body and that was all they could do, here's what I would choose. Pull-ups, first on the list, right? So again, if you have an assisted pull-up machine, you know, that, or if you can do good pull-ups, this would be important. You know, most people need to do assisted pull-ups, to be honest, because uh, their technique is just not there. You're just, people are just kind of like, the technique is terrible, right? They're just kind of winging themselves up there. And, and again, it's just putting a lot of stress on, on joints right now. This goes back to what we talked about earlier in this this episode, where you, you start doing pull-ups that way. And it's like, now you're starting to get tendonitis in your bicep because you're using more bicep or your elbows, your shoulder, right? You're just the pull-ups. I like pull-ups because again, it's going to be, you know, if you can pull up your own body weight, you know, I think that's shows strength, but also it's going to hit your back. And then it also is going to hit your, you know, you can do different variations of it too, right? And, and it can help hit your your biceps. So I probably would do more of like a neutral grip one if I could choose, if I had to pick one variation, because that is going to hit the biceps as well too, but also hit your back. The next one I would pick would be like a dumbbell row or T-bar row that is chest supported. So again, like I just talked about, you know, any any sort of row that's going to be chest support, and then you can just continue to load it up, I think is going to be key. And, and also what I like about this too, is you can, you know, you can make it more upper back focus, you can make it more like lap focus. So you, you have different variations that you can use there as well. And incline press. So ideally dumbbells here rather than like a barbell, but an incline press to hit the upper chest. And and I know there was some research that showed that, you know, they looked at a flat bench versus incline bench and incline bench did a great job of fitting everything in the chest. Whereas like the flat press did more so in like the lower and, and mid chest. So not so great in the upper chest. So that's why I like the incline press because you can hit everything, but you also get a little bit more upper chest there as well too. Some overhead tricep movement, right? So either one I mentioned, you know, either some like some skull crushers where you can really get a good stretch in your your triceps or, you know, one arm overhead tricep extension, or like I said, that dual cable overhead tricep extension. So again, hitting that that tricep there and that. And then a wrist height cable lateral raise. My thought on this is the pull up, you're going to hit your back. You can hit your lats. You can hit your upper back. You hit your biceps a little bit, right? A dumbbell row, again, you're going to hit your back, right? You're going to hit different areas of your back. Incline press, you're going to hit your chest. And then like we said, specifically with that incline press, you're going to be able to hit the upper chest there. Overhead tricep movement, overhead, because again, you can really get in that lengthened position. And so that's why I would choose that one. And then wrist height cable lateral raise, again, you're going to be able to hit your delts, but we're also going to be able to get in that lengthened position that's super important. So, you know, it's going to hit mostly everything there. Again, you know, obviously with five exercises, you're going to be a bit limited, but that's what I came up with. I would love to hear other people's thoughts on it if they 
don't agree with me, if they have other reasoning, I'd love to hear what yours would be. So if you listen to this and you want to let me know, I thought that was a pretty cool, you know, a fun little question there. So, all right. So my last question for the day is why do you push for one gram per pound of body weight for protein? So from a muscle building standpoint, you can probably get away with a little less so long as you're getting complete protein sources in. Okay. So I did want to make that note that like, you don't have to get one gram per pound of body weight for building muscle, right? Now we could also take this from like a you could look at your lean body mass amount. And so you could honestly, I think if you want to, you could go anywhere from like, I think 0.6 grams per pound of body weight up to as high as you want, but practically like 1.2, 1.5 grams per pound of body weight there. But again, if you're the lower you go, you need to make sure that you're getting your protein from complete sources, right? So we want to make sure that it has all the amino acids. Again, like if you're like vegetarian, it's like, okay, rice and beans, right? So you got to get that combination of of amino acids there. But I think one gram per pound of body weight is great for for that, right? Like that's first, it's an easy number to kind of know what to hit, but also it's just, I think if you can get around one gram per pound of body weight, that's going to be great for building muscle, right? To be on the safe side with everything. Again, some people can get away with a little less, but you know, are you potentially that person that can't, you know, I think one gram per pound of body weight is a good rule of thumb there, but you also get the satiety benefits too. You know, once we increase protein, you will see, you know, it, it helps with satiety, right? And then you, you do get a small uptick in like thermic effect of food. So you're going to, you know, take protein uses the most energy to absorb and digest. So you will get a small uptick there as well. So like a small uptick in your, how many calories you burn throughout the day. So, you know, those are all reasons why, but I think the big thing is that by trying to hit a calorie goal and a protein goal of about one gram per pound of body weight, it's going to ensure that you have at least a decent diet quality because it really helps displace other nutrients, right? Where it's like, if you give somebody a calorie goal and that's it, it's like, they're going to try to fill up most of those calories with tasty foods, right? 2000 calories. Okay, here you go. And then they just, you know, again, they try to fit in as much tasty food as they can, but if you give somebody a calorie goal, a protein goal, it's like in order to hit that protein goal, you know, you're going to have to naturally make better food choices than you would. So that's why I do that, right? To Because I think it just does a great job of ensuring that the diet quality is at least going to be decent. Now, again, you could still work it around and not get the nutrient-dense foods that we need. But again, it at least ensures it's decent, right? Because typically when people get low on protein, they just fill up all those calories with as much tasty carbs, fats as they as they can, right? And so that's a big thing that we're just trying to, to look out for here. There's no magic to that one gram per pound of body weight, but you're going to get the satiety benefits. You might get that small uptick in thermic effective food. It ensures that it's going to be best for building muscle, not best, but it's going to ensure that that's enough to build muscle. And then again, it just displaces other nutrients. It just helps ensure you get at least a decent diet quality overall. So that's why I like one gram per pound of body weight. Again, it comes down to the individual, right? If somebody just absolutely hates protein, you know, we're going to try to find that happy medium, but I'm going to try to keep it as high as I can, as high as the, the client will work with me on. So that's it for this Q&A. Hopefully this was helpful. If you guys have any questions, let me know, and I will chat with you next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.